I think moms need to be honest about what we can do and what we can't do. Hello, and welcome to the Arts of Language podcast with Andrew Pudua, founder of the Institute for Excellence in Writing, or as many like to say, IEW. My name is Julie Walker, and I'm honored to serve Andrew and IEW as the Chief Marketing Officer. As we take a break from recording, we have chosen to replace several of our greatest hits for you to enjoy. We hope that you are able to gain insight for your educational journey. So this week for our podcast, it's one of those, Andrew's out traveling, and I know we need to do another podcast. So I looked around the office to see who I could bring in. A couple weeks ago, I brought in Kristen, and we had a little conversation, and Laura. Well, today, when I looked out, who did I see but Heidi St. John. So Heidi, welcome to our studio. Hey, I'm really excited to be here. It's fun to be sitting across the table from you, Julie. I know, I miss you. I miss you too. It's <laughs> nice to get that good hug. Yes. We're like two ships in the night on the conference circuit. You're busy going one way and I'm busy staying home because I generally don't do <laughs> conferences. I let Andrew do all of that. Yep, yep. So when he sends you his love and greetings, he, of course he can't be here, but that's okay. We can still talk and we can still have fun. Yeah, and we can talk about him. <laughs> because he's not here. Oh, okay. What? Let's. Just... I love Andrew. Andrew knows I talk about him, so this it's fine to talk about him on his podcast because I talk about him anyway. So it, it's a natural fit. Well, let me ask you this question: When did you first meet Andrew? Oh my, it's been years. Oh my goodness, it's been years and years. But one thing, one thing that I love about Andrew over the years of getting to know him is he is one of the friendliest guys out on the circuit, mm-hmm. and I can always just see him from across the room and run up and give him a big old hug and. He's been a good friend to me and my husband and to our family. So, yes, we just love him. Yes. So to our listeners, if you are at a homeschool conference and you know Andrew's going to be there, don't be shy about going up to him and saying hello because he loves that. He does. Yeah. Yeah. And and he knows all of my kids. So Mm -hmm. he remembers their names, which is no small feat. Right. And and they're alphabetical. Okay. Maybe that's why he can remember them. Oh, you did that too. I did Mm -hmm. that too. I put my kids in alphabetical order. Yeah. I did that intentionally. Well, ours is unintentional until I think after the third one. And then someone told my husband, oh, your kids are alphabetical. And so then, of course, we had to finish that way until we got to (laughs) Sydney was number six. And then we were like, what comes after S-Y? You know, yucky. Like you can't even come up with anything. So we started back over with S-A. Oh, very good. So number seven is is right back to S-A. Okay, so now that you've mentioned one, Sydney, yes. for the sake of all your children, why yes. don't you go ahead and mention them Okay, all? so our oldest daughter, Savannah, is 26, mm-hmm. and then Sierra, Skylar, Spencer, Summer, Sydney, and Sailor Jane is our number seven. Love it. So, Love yeah, it. they're great. And you're still homeschooling? We are. We still have four at home. Okay. That I am still homeschooling. And we have opened up a homeschool resource center in Vancouver, Washington. So mm-hmm. a lot of my homeschooling now is being done out of that center because I write full time. Yes. So <laughs> I got a little, I got a few things going on my on my plate. So yeah, but definitely four kids. Spencer's a junior this year. So wow. Yeah. Okay. So the clock is ticking. Yes. Yeah. Goes so, fast. So what kind of things are you nervous about with your junior? Anything? Really not anything. I think when I was a younger homeschool mom, I was nervous about everything. With my first two, I was nervous, you know, how are they going to do in college? Mm -hmm. How are they going to do in the, quote, real world? Mm -hmm. On numbers, you know, five and six and seven, 
not so much mm-hmm. because I know I, I think I have the gift of perspective now mm-hmm. and I'm really trying more to fold them where they're bent as opposed to here are the things that I think that you need and that's what we're going to focus on. I'm really looking for their gifts and abilities and trying to give them opportunities that match up with those gifts and abilities. Right. And so that's fun for me mm-hmm. just to watch that. And part of the magic, if you will, of homeschooling is that parents have that opportunity to kind of really look into their children and have conversations with them about what they love and what they were born gifted to do and mm-hmm. then help them find out what God has uniquely gifted and called them to do on this earth. So I'm not really nervous about it mm-hmm. really anymore. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but I've been doing this for over 20 years. So sure. if you would have caught me 15 years ago, I'd have been like, what should we do? What should we do? I might start, I might start crying right now. <laughs> <laughs> you got this. But we're doing better. <laughs> yes. And I think one of the things that I'd like to just to take a few minutes to talk about, if that's okay with you, is getting help when you need it. Yeah. So how does the busy mom, because that's you. <laughs> yeah. How does the busy mom do it all? I don't do it all. And I think that's really important for people to know. I don't know very many people that do it all. Mm -hmm. And people who usually think they're doing it all aren't doing it all. Or they're stressed out and freaked out and they're the angry homeschool mom, you know. Mm -hmm. And I have been all of those things. Mm -hmm. And I think there was a stigma in the homeschool community, certainly when I started homeschooling, you know, 20 years ago. You would hear people say, oh, you you know, if you're homeschooling, then you're doing everything on your own. And I mm-hmm. think that hurt a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I think it hurt a lot of moms in particular. I think it, it stressed us out when we didn't need to be stressed. Mm-hmm. And I'm always telling homeschool moms, if you need help, get it. Right. You know, so whether you don't want to teach science, like for me, as soon as my kids really, as soon as they get into high school, I do very few things with them that's just at home. I mean, there are some things we do like Bible and we read missionary biographies with our kids all the way through high school. One of the things we do, it kind of builds our family and we just love it. But when it comes to the upper level sciences, even upper level writing, things like that, I'm looking for help. I look for good tutors or I put them in co-op classes. But the cool thing about homeschooling is I get to determine Mm-hmm. Who's teaching my children? Mm-hmm. And I think that is kind of the big deal, right? Because the Bible says in Luke 640 that when a student is fully trained, he'll be like his teacher. Mm-hmm. And that tells me that whether I'm teaching that that subject to my child or whether they're being taught by somebody outside our home, I need to know who that teacher is. Because at the end of the day, that teacher is going to have influence in the life of my child. And I, that that's the really big deal to me and Jay, is that we know who is influencing our child and that they are using that influence in a way that honors God. Now, you're a writer. We are the Institute for Excellence in Writing, so yes, I have indeed. to ask you this Oh, no, hard don't throw me any hard grammar questions, please. <laughs> oh, no, I won't. I have an editor. <laughs> exactly. You can, you can pitch it to her. Well, and Andrew has this whole talk on, but 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 what about grammar? And he says that. Everyone needs an editor. He yep. has an editor. Mm-hmm. We all have editors, so no, it's not that question. Good. That, it's this question. How are you teaching your children to write? So I start out by, well, actually, when they're very little, I just let them, I want my kids to love writing. Mm -hmm. I don't want it, I don't want it to be ruined for them. Mm -hmm. And I've noticed that in our family, we have a couple of natural, Mm -hmm. natural writers. So they're, they're just naturally, they're wanting to write stories. They're creating books that they're stapling together. So usually for the first several years of homeschooling, that's what I'm letting them do. And then when I start the formal writing process, it's very slow. And when they get into, like uh, this year, our kids are taking the student writing intensive, and we've done that with several of our children. Mm-hmm. So I love that, that I can take them. I want them to, I want to see if they're good at it. First of all, do you love it? Mm-hmm. And if I notice that they love it, then I'm going to give them opportunity just like I would with my kids who love music or who love science or whatever that is, so that those kids can pursue that. So yeah, so once they get to be 
to where I think they need to learn from somebody besides me. Because I love to write. It's one of those things, like if I loved math, I'd probably teach it all the way through Mm -hmm. high school. But I actually don't love math. (laughs) So (laughs) as soon as my kids are in like seventh grade, I'm out. They're doing it either through an online or in a Mm co-op or something. I actually love writing and I'll teach them writing until they get to be at about seventh or eighth Mm -hmm. grade. And then I'm looking for either students or co-ops. And of course, I love IEW. It's how it's kind of how you and I got connected all those years ago. So yeah, it's been good for our family. Well, and when, when you think about teaching math, and I'm you and I, are, our stories are very similar in that regard. Yep. Teaching math, it's and sometimes easier if you love math. So if I loved yeah. math, I'd be happy to teach math because guess what? There's only one right answer. That's right. And writing is not so. No, it's and not. And sometimes seventh grade, it's about that time when the kids start challenging mm-hmm. you just because that's the phase of life that they're in. And yeah. sometimes it's just easier to let someone else be the sounding board. Oh, I I totally agree. This is really funny story. So, you know, I travel for a living mm-hmm. and I was at the airport the other day and I've gotten to know the ticket agent at Delta. <laughs> and so she saw my husband and I coming through. We were there the weekend before with our daughters and now we're back uh, this weekend. And she, I don't know how this happened. Oh, because our, our suitcases were so heavy. She's like, man, what's in here? And my husband said, well, my wife is an author and these, mm-hmm. these suitcases are full of books. And she said, what do you write about? And I said, mothering. And she kind of stopped processing my reservation. And she said, I have a 15-year-old boy. And he used to be so sweet. And I loved him so much. And now all of a sudden, he doesn't want me to pull up in front of the school and pick him up anymore. I had to park two blocks away and, you know, tears in her eyes. And she was so, she was like, I feel like I'm doing something wrong. I said, no, you're doing something right. It is the goal of boys aged 14 to 19 to emotionally paralyze their mothers. And it sounds to me like it's working. (laughs) (laughs) Like he's doing exactly what he's supposed to do Mm -hmm. at this age. And so when I saw her this time, when I came back through again, she was like, you're the mom strong mom. You know, she's like, that just encouraged me so much. But I think moms need to be honest about what we can do and what we can't Mm do. And to say, you know what, this is actually okay. If there's a subject that is either I'm always telling moms, don't sacrifice your relationship with your child over an academic pursuit, mm-hmm. right? I don't want to sacrifice my relationship with my 14-year-old daughter over an algebra problem. <laughs> right. I just don't. I'm not willing to do it. And mm-hmm. so as soon as I, I realize this is going to be a problem, this is going to be friction, I'm going to look for help. Mm-hmm. And uh, at the end of the day, when our kids are done with you know high school and we've homeschooled them and we did the best we could, by the grace of God, they're going to call us for crockpot recipes. They're going to want to meet us for dinner. They're going to bring their grandkids over. Mm -hmm. We're going to have life. And I think you can get caught up in the daily of homeschooling Mm -hmm. and forget that you're actually raising parents for your grandchildren Mm -hmm. and that there's more coming and it's even better. And so don't sacrifice your relationship with your kids over an academic pursuit. I think finding help, and you can do that without putting your kids back in school. Finding help, I think, is absolutely critical. Right. But for some of those moms, you know, you mentioned you can do it without putting them back in school, but sometimes that's the answer too. That's right. Yep. That's the answer. And again, if you're going to put your kids in school, I would go back to what I said before, which is a student will be like his teacher. Right. Know who is influencing your child. I think that is so important. Know the worldview. We don't, education's not neutral. We teach mm-hmm. from a worldview. Mm-hmm. We can't help it. Right. And so knowing who that is, being willing to engage in the process with your children, stay in there with your kids. Mm-hmm. My very best friend in the world did not homeschool her kids. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't a deal breaker for our friendship because we realized she was doing what was right for her family. I was doing what was right for my family. Right. And it shouldn't be deal breakers exactly. in friends. I think we can I think we can agree that we're trying to do the best thing for our kids. But I know a lot of moms sit on the fence and they just think, oh, I just couldn't, do, I could mm-hmm. never do that. 
and I think a lot more of us can do it than can than think we can do it. Right. And there's so many resources available exactly now than there were <laughs> even hello, you know, back when the dinosaurs sure. roamed the earth and uh, <laughs> Abeka wouldn't sell to homeschoolers. So some of us remember that. <laughs> right, exactly. So you mentioned Abeka not selling to homeschoolers. I, this just I am required by our schools division senior educational consultant to mention that IEW actually has a schools division, so more and more schools across the United States are adopting IEW as a part of their schools. Which is so awesome mm-hmm. because it's such a great program. And if you're going to run a school, you should have a great program. Exactly. Right. <laughs> so that you can influence your children. That's right. To become the best that they can be. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. So I can't imagine that any of our listeners do not know you, Heidi, but just let's assume for a moment that they don't. Please share with us some of the books that you've written. So in 2009, I wrote my first book called The Busy Homeschool Mom's Guide to Romance. Mm -hmm. I kind of wish I hadn't titled it The Busy Homeschool Mom's Guide. Mm -hmm. I wish I would have just titled it The Busy Busy Mom's Guide to Romance Mm -hmm. because it's really not just for homeschoolers. Mm -hmm. It's for anybody who's married and trying to have a life. I I have a copy of that on my shelf. Yes, you do. (laughs) And that book really, that's kind of the flagship book for me, just my heart really in a nutshell, which is really to strengthen families and to say, listen, it's not worth sacrificing your marriage on the altar of homeschooling, on the altar of working outside your home, and whatever it is that's straining your marriage to keep a focus on how important your marriage is and to encourage moms to do that. So most of the people that read it will tell me that it's like sitting with me across the table. It's sort of my style yes. of writing. Mm-hmm. I tend to write like I talk. And then the next book was The Busy Homeschool Mom's Guide to Daylight, mm-hmm. um, which is all about just people ask me all the time, how do you do, mm-hmm. how do you raise seven children and do all the things that you do. And the answer is pretty simple for me. A, I believe in grace Mm -hmm. and in God's call on us as individuals. So if God has a call on Julie Walker for a particular thing, he's going to give you the grace and the ability and the energy to do what he's asked you to do. And I think the same is true of all of us. And so there are sort of basic principles in place in the book, but it's also just really encouraging. And then Jay and I have written a series of Bible studies for families called Firmly Planted. And those, I think we've done four volumes. You guys helped us print those one season. I remember in particular which was a huge blessing. And that's another thing I just love Andrew for, because he heard we were in a pinch and he was like, how can I help? Which is Mm -hmm. totally, uh, totally him. And then I signed a seven book contract with Tyndale. Seven books. I knew about this new book that you're about to mention. I didn't realize this was the first of seven. first, yeah, it's the first. The the first three came out together. So I wrote Becoming Mom Strong, How Mm -hmm. to Fight with All That's in You for Your Family and Your Faith. That came out with a Bible study, with a six-week Bible study companion and a journal. Oh, okay, okay. And then I'm in the process right now, if you can believe it. So that, that book released on September 19th. And National Talk Like a Pirate Day. I just have to mention that. I love Talk Like a Pirate Day. <laughs> and actually, we celebrate that at Krispy Kreme. Okay, great. Because if you go down there and you dress like a pirate and you talk like a pirate, they give you free donuts. Right. Which who doesn't want that? <laughs> right. So the next book I'm actually working on right now, and that'll be out this time next year. So, wow. And then obviously several more are coming after that. But I love, I love the gift of writing. My literary agent told me something which really has resonated with me like three years ago, he said, the reason he loves publishing is because publishing a book multiplies the ministry of the message. Mm -hmm. So if you can get a book, like I can't say everything that's on my heart and reach everybody who could ever pick up a book in a library or at a coffee shop or at the airport. But if you write a book, there is that possibility. It multiplies the ministry of the message. 
And that really resonated with me. So I think I consider myself a speaker first Mm -hmm. and a writer second. I Mm -hmm. really love speaking. I love writing too, but I'm a speaker who writes, not a writer who speaks. So I think knowing that about myself (laughs) was probably really good Mm -hmm. going into such a big commitment with Tyndale. But I love working with Tyndale. They've been... Uh, they've been phenomenal. Great. So, and yeah. as a speaker, you're out. That's why you're here in Tulsa. Yeah, doing a fearless conference. That's right for our community. Yeah, and then you've got a, several other things on the docket next year. You have some homeschool conventions that you're going to. Yep, that's right. And then the Mom Strong Conference, and I'm booking out. I mean, I'm booked out now until 2019. Nice. So it's exciting. Jay and I, my husband, uh, travels with me. And most of the time we take our kids, whoever's at home and doesn't have lots of classes or something that they're doing. <laughs> and our grown kids come with us too, which has really, really been right. really been really great. Fun. Yeah, I love having adult children. Yep. Well, I know you do too. There's I just, do. it's just something they've known you since forever. <laughs> they know your, your good, your good points and your mm-hmm. weaknesses. And, uh, and they're just, yeah, I feel like, wow, I just spent the last, you know, 20 years raising some of the best people that I know mm-hmm. and that I love to hang out with. There's nobody yep. I'd rather hang out with than my kids and my man. So yep. it's good. We try to keep it in the family and, and do it together. So uh, we wonderful. love that. Yeah. So to order these books that you mentioned, or just kind of in general, do you have an online presence, <laughs> Heidi? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. You can find me at thebusymom.com or com. And I'm on Facebook as Heidi St. John, The Busy Mom. You can find me on Instagram. So pretty much I'm all over Mm -hmm. the internet. And the new Homeschool Resource Center that we opened, a lot of people are looking at that as a model Mm. and interested in starting their own. And you can find that at fphrc.org. It stands for Firmly Planted Homeschool Resource Center. Nice. Very good. Well, as always, our time together is so short but so sweet. Yeah, I really appreciate you having me on. It's so much fun to see you sit across the table from you. Yes. Be in your neck of the woods for a change. Yes, yes. And hopefully we can do it again. Not so long, though, this time. I would look forward to it. Okay, great. Thanks so much for joining us for one of our favorite episodes. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher. Or you can visit us each week at IEW.com slash podcast. New recordings will begin airing in January of 2020. Until then, we hope you'll join us each week as we revisit our greatest hits.